Today, I got my scotch in hand. We're going to talk about startup stories. We're going to go through at least two of the startups that I have had in my life and share my experiences with them and hopefully lessons that can be learned that you don't have to go through some of the same hardships as I did. Let's get into it. Welcome to How to Build a Tent, the podcast on how to make you successful. My name is Matt Williams. Thank you for listening to the show, sharing the show with a friend, tagging a friend, doing all of the above. I appreciate it so very much. This show is brought to you by Kingsman Grooming Products. They have grooming kits. They have beard oils and balms, hair products, leather stuff, boots, travel gear. If you are using hair product, if you're using beard oil and you're kind of unhappy with it, you're looking for a better product, a step up to the next level, and you're also looking to support a Christian company, start putting those dollars back into the church, start helping a great Christian company, then you need to check out kingsmangroomingpros.com, kingsmanproomingpros.com, put HTBT in the checkout promo screen. You'll get 10% off your order. So there's three reasons for you to check out Kingsman Grooming is grooming products. Is one, you want to use quality products. Two, you're going to be using products and supporting a Christian company. And three, you're going to get 10% off. There's no other reasons you need. Go check them out. Swipe out your hair product. Check out their beard oils and balm. I use it. It's fantastic. I love how my beard feels. I love the subtle smells that they have, the tobacco cherry. My wife loves it. My son loves it. It is just fantastic. Oh, my gosh. All right. Before we get into the startup stories, I just need to tell you, I have just about lost my mind. I didn't realize how big of a deal this was to me, but I deleted on accident one of my kids' trips to Maui, and it was the first time he's ever been in a pool, and we had it on video, and he, a couple years old, loves watching it. And I deleted it and I had to go through backups and do recovery software because I didn't just delete it. I emptied my trash too. And oh my gosh, my heart hurts. So I'm trying to get back the rest of the pictures, but at least I found one of the video clips. Thank the Lord. Seriously, I'm so thankful. I was, I almost cried. I, I don't, I never realized, I hate home videos. I hate watching them. But just how much joy my son gets from watching it. Oh man, it was. I started hearing like the sound. Okay, never mind. That doesn't matter. It's what that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about that. We are part of the Fight Laugh Feast Network. Go to fightlaughfeast.com, put in HTBT in the memo field. You'll get this mug. You'll get tons of great content. Go over there right now and help support us. If you want to contact me, email me, Matt, howtobuildtent.com. You can find me on all the social media sites. I want to do, I want to do a show where I will either have people on or I will just read the objections or the challenges or the disagreements and talk to talk about them. I won't use your name. I'm not going to put you on blast. That's not my point. But I'll just say the question, maybe the first name, if you want me to, you can say that in the email, like how much my info of your info you want me to give. But usually I'll just do like a first name or something. So you know, I'm talking about you, but I'm not like spilling it. So people can, can like stalk you and, you know, make your life miserable like they do for all of us in front of the camera and in front of the mic. Uh, but I want to do a show like that, talking about objections. I got a few and I love them. I love you guys like pushing back, having discussions. I always reply. Um, I just really love it. So reach out to me, Matt, at howtobuildatent.com. Subscribe on all the social media sites, How to Build a Tent. Like the show. You know, hit that bell on YouTube. Really appreciate it. 
All right, I think we're set to go. Okay, so the first one I want to talk about, and I'm like going to get comfortable in my chair. You can start to hear it kind of squeak. I want to talk about my very first startup. And just give you a little background. My father has his own company, has a construction company. And I've been working for him for free on summers, on vacation, time off. Uh, whenever our school wasn't in and I wasn't in sports, I was working for him, waking up 4, 4.35 in the morning and going on job sites. And he paid me in experience, quote unquote, experience, which you can't buy a soda or a toy or a board game or, you know, depending on what stage of life I'm in with experience. No. So uh, thanks a lot, Dad. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, he taught me a lot about hard work and I'm very thankful for that. But I had an idea. Actually, it was me and my buddy who had an idea, and I just kind of took it and ran with it because I wanted to start a business. We took snowboards that we had, and we made longboards out of them. Now, you may have heard of a similar company that did that with surfboards in the Southern California region. And I am not totally convinced with the story that they said that on Shark Tank about how they came up with their idea. I'm just going to put it out there. I don't know anything about these guys. They Maybe maybe that story's true. It just seems a little shady. But anyways, like you can't run over trucks. The trucks are what holds the wheels together on a skateboard. You can't run over the trucks and have them spread out and give you an idea to make long, long boards out of them. It just doesn't make sense. But anyway, so I had an idea. And we were also partnering with some family friends in the boat business because the boat business was starting to slow down they were looking for work so hey i was making these out of fiberglass these longboards and i was like i hired a crew of three now i'm just gonna stop here for a second and just gonna lay out some wisdom for you from what my experiences are from this first be very hesitant to do business, to go into business with your family or with friends for that matter. But I'm specifically talking about family and the hierarchical, hierarchical, or hierarchically, the hierarchy that are higher than you. I'll just say it like that. Then I'm talking about like your dad and your son, grandfather, son, grandfather, grandkid, whatever. Because they're going to pull rank on you just like family. And even if your positions don't warrant it in the company, you're going to be in really some hard spots. And not only that, you're going to have to choose a lot of times when there's conflict. I'm trying to put this delicately between your relationship with your family and your work and business and family. It's all hard enough on its own. You don't need to compound it by putting them together. Most of the time, I really highly do not recommend going into business with your family. But, you know, if you're brothers, you have a good relationship, you can lay it out contractually, have clear roles, have an understanding and an agreement. You know, maybe some brothers, sisters. Okay, maybe you can see that. But I think it's just, you know, something you could try to avoid at all costs and maybe even best friends at that point too. The second thing I want you to remember with this is the need for contracts. Now, Contracts are not a scary thing. They're very friendly. They're flexible. They can be whatever you want them to be. Lawyers like to make them intimidating, so you'll hire them to write them. And a lot of times you should, but you can pull contracts off online from other companies, from your own experience, from you know your career. 
and you can modify them. They're really flexible. All it is is an agreement between the two of you on or between two parties, three parties, however many parties there are on what is going to be done. And we've talked about contracts before. I'm not going to get into that. But I just want to say this, though, is that sometimes you can be like you're almost saying like, hey, I don't trust you. So let's do a contract. Have you got that feeling like, hey, I want to put this in writing. And you kind of feel like you're telling the person that you don't really trust them. That's not what a contract should be viewed at, viewed as, as at all. Man, I cannot talk today. Maybe the scotch in my delicious lips. What a contract does is clearly articulates for all parties involved what your responsibilities are and the ramifications if you don't fulfill them. And if you do fulfill them, if you do this, you'll get paid and so on and so on and so forth. If you don't do them, you're not going to get your shares of the company. You're going to be have to forfeit your rights to anything, any revenue or whatever it is. Or these are your clear expectations and all this stuff. It really, really helps. And I highly recommend it in anything. In anything that has to do with money, exchanging hands, money at all. Anything you're passionate about that you feel that you need to protect or you'd feel bad if you completely lost. Make sure that you have a contract. There are beautiful things. And again, it's not even saying I don't trust you. It's, hey, I want us to clearly enter this in having a full, clear understanding of what we expect of each other and what happens if those expectations cannot be met. It's going to save you a lot of heartache, trust me. And you're going to have that temptation. I know a lot of you Christians are soft. You you know, I'm just kidding. But you're going to be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm just a handshake is good enough. I'm, it's not good enough. Always get a contract. Always get a contract. The only time I do not have contracts in any kind of business negotiation whatsoever, it's when I don't care if I lose it all. And I genuinely will not care. If I start feeling like I'm putting in too much time, if I'm sacrificing, if I'm you know, putting money in or anything like that, contract instantly. Do it. The last thing I want to talk about with this startup, no, two more things that I want to talk about with this startup, is one, industry experts are not always equal. They're not all equal. And what I mean by that is not that certain industry experts are not really experts, there can be complexities, there can be blind spots. That is, there can be certain areas that they are phenomenal at in the industry, but it doesn't mean they're great at and phenomenal at everything in the industry. And also, just because they work with a material or they work with a certain process or a certain industry, doesn't mean they know everything there is to know about those things. And it's not a knock on anyone. I don't know everything about business. I don't know everything about podcasting, and David can vouch for that. I don't know anything about cameras. I have experience with these things. I use them every single day, so I can give you recommendations of what I think, but there's going to be disagreements. There's going to be blind spots in my own perspective. There's going to be things that I don't see, and you just need to understand that when you are hiring people, when you're working with people, when you're looking at bringing on a business, when you're bringing on a vendor, you want to understand that just because they're an expert doesn't mean you fully trust them with everything, that you need to verify, that you need to shop around, and you need to make sure that you have that contract in case you need to sever a relationship. And the last thing I want to talk about with lessons learned from this very first business I started is pricing is so important. 
Now, I, not knowing anything about business, pre-business school, first, um, sorry, I hit the mic with the first, first business I started. Yeah, I worked for my dad's business, but I didn't run the financials. I was doing like the, the tractors and the shoveling and all that stuff. It's pricing is so important. And how I did it back then is I said, hmm, how much money do I want to make off of these? Oh, I want to make 100% margins. I want to mark it up 100%. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to sell them. I think we sold them for 200. I mean, we made them for $200 back then before we were really scaling. And I was like, I'm going to sell them for $400 because I want to make $200 a skateboard. And a lot of you who have experience in business are probably laughing at that because I had it all backwards. The price is determined by two parties, not one. The price is determined by two parties. And so that's why you see a house listed for a sale price, but that's not the actual price of the house. It's what two parties come to agree on. That means that a buyer has to agree to pay that price. Now, I as a seller can determine if I want to produce it at the price a buyer is willing to buy it. And if not, I go out of business or I change products or I make upgrades or modifications or adjustments, pivots, whatever. But it takes two parties. And a lot of your heartache with... Man, I really said that loud in the mic. I apologize. A lot of my heartache could be saved with figuring out pricing when you understand what actually goes into it. It's not just what you want to pay for it. It's what can the market support. And that is, what will there be demand for? The willingness and ability to buy your product at what price? And how much value you're going to provide them? Really important. And it's going to be tweaking and modification. But anyways, I totally priced ourselves out of the market. No one's going to buy a $400 longboard. I mean, some people did, but it wasn't enough to keep us all in business. And eventually we failed. And then it was like around, around the time right before the Great Recession and all that stuff. So it was just a perfect storm of ignorance, incompetence, terrible business sense by me and the economy. And it's like, you're not going to survive. You're just not going to survive. So that was that. So we're going to talk about one more company and some of the things that I learned. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about our last sponsor, faithful comp, com, uh, blah, blah, faithfulcounseling.com slash HTBT, faithfulcounseling.com slash HTBT. They are an online counseling for you on the demand they have licensed professionals counselors who specialize in depression stress anxiety relationships sleeping man i have had some restless nights in my life grief anger trauma they have 3000 licensed us licensed therapists across all 50 states and you can reach them text chat phone or video and you know we're in a generation where certain people are more comfortable in certain certain devices certain methods than others and you don't have to leave your home for those of you who have depression like me before, you know, like just getting out of the bed can be a hard thing, but now you don't even need to get out of your bed. You can just access them through desktop, mobile web, iOS app, Android app, and connect with a licensed person that shares your faith, that shares your same values, secure, convenient, professional. Best of all, it's truly affordable. How to build a tent listeners get 10% off your first month when you use discount code HTBT. Everyone's using that discount code HTBT. So why not get started today? Go to faithfulcounseling.com slash HTBT. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help you help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. That's faithfulcounseling.com slash HTBT. Get 10% off your first month. We're not meant to do this life alone. Don't do it. Get into a church. Get help. 
and all that good stuff. All right, so my the last company I want to talk about real quick, and this will be a shorter one, is a company I started. It was a it was an app company. We had a web app. We had an uh, an Apple an iOS app. We never came around an Android app because just at the time we didn't really believe that it was worth the investment with our limited resources. When you start a business, you have to make sacrifices and decisions on what you're going to spend your money on. Money on. You'd want to do both, but not. You can't always do it. Um, and the, one of the first things that I learned is you really need to find or really. Okay, I'll say it this way: you need to identify what actually needs to happen as best as you can. Now, I understand that things change and you're going to have to pivot and there's going to be circumstances, obstacles where you're going to have to make adjustments and stuff. But when you bring on a partner, you really want to vet them and you really want to make sure that you can trust them. They have a similar value set than you, that they have the skills that you require of them. And this is more for people that have an idea and they want to bring people on and give them a share of the company in exchange for their work and their effort because you can't pay them oftentimes in the beginning. So sometimes people will say things like, yeah, I could do that. Oh yeah, I can do that, but they really can't. So I would highly recommend when you are shopping around for people that you think are skilled in an area that you need, that you have them give you examples of what they've done or show you what they can do and not just take their word for it. Because a lot of times, especially if you have a good idea, that this is going to really haunt you in the in the long run because you're going to be successful of a good idea and you execute well and all that good stuff is that if you are giving shares away to somebody who you're going to eventually have to pay more people for give out more shares to make up for their incompetence or what they're lacking then you're going to be missing out on a lot of money and you don't want to do that the second thing i learned and this was in an industry where there were multi-million, billion-dollar companies, billion-dollar companies, Disney, ESPN, Time Warner, um, to name a few, that it doesn't matter how good a product you have unless people know about it. And so you have to find ways that you can compete with million, multi-million dollar ad buys. Like remember, we're talking about Casper. They had, you know, hundreds of million dollars in ad buy and marketing budgets, which you're not going to have. Excuse me, my phone just went off. It's my sister. What was I saying? Oh, and you're going to have to figure out a way that you can out-hustle, that you can compete without spending the same amount of marketing as they do. And if you can't, you need to rethink your business because your business is worthless. Your product and service is worthless if no one hears about it. So you need to make partnerships. You need to be out-hustling, passing out business cards, whatever it is, and whatever makes sense for your business. The next thing I want you to take from this, and maybe this is just wise, I don't know if I learned it from this specifically, but this is something that's really important. Especially if you are bipolar like I am or are just somebody who is uh, very optimistic like me at times. Things aren't always gonna go as well as you think they are. In fact, most of the time, things aren't gonna go as well as you think they will because that's life and you have, you know, and it's good. I'm not even saying that you shouldn't be optimistic, that you shouldn't be thinking you're going to make millions of dollars and be successful because that's what drives you. a lot of times, right? You want to, you know, be, have a successful business. You wouldn't start it if you didn't think you were being successful, 
but do not plan out your expenses. Do not plan out your, you know, your fixed cost, your rent, all of those things that are going to trap you and suffocate you and get you stuck because you thought your revenues were going to, you're going to get a million dollars in sales in the first month. No, plan for the worst, expect the best and do so accordingly with your runway, how much money you have, what you spend money on. Don't be like, uh, what are those two crazy guys? Anzi Asari, the stand-up guy from Parks and Recreation. They had a business with no product and they just spent tons of money thinking they'd make millions. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. So those are some stories and lessons from two of the companies that I've started. I hope that helps you. I hope that blesses you. If you have any questions, comments, reach out to me, Matt, at howtobuild10.com. Find me on social media sites, howtobuild10. We'll talk to you next time.